Hello, and welcome to Digital Artcast, hosted by Gordon Neal. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Procreate, the most advanced painting app ever designed for a mobile device. We'll be discussing the app a little more later in the episode, as well as giving away a free copy. But for now, let's get started. guys, welcome back to Digital Artcast. Um, thanks for joining me in another episode. Um, today we've got another interview lined up with um, a kind of last minute surprise. Um, Eliza is joining us all the way from California. So say hey, Eliza. Hello. Hey. Now, I'm not going to butcher it, but how do I pronounce your surname? It's Ivanova. Ivanova. Okay. I'll try and remember that as we go through. <laughs> no worries. Actually, it's Eliza. Elisa, kind of or... like my username. Yeah. Right, okay. I know, it's confusing. No, it's Don't just, <laughs> I think it's probably just the the English in me that's trying to pronounce Eli, so and instead of Lee, so yeah, but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get okay, Elisa, okay, we've got that sorted. So awkward out the way on your interview, we've got the name sorted. So we thought we would we talked through that before we started the interview, but it's fine. It's okay, we're going with it. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sorry, correct you. Let's... Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Uh-huh. Um, so so Elisa, um. You're joining us all the way from California, um, and you are yeah. currently, I think, I, I don't know, people won't be able to see it on the podcast, but you are phoning from an office, um, and is it Pixar offices you're phoning from at the moment? Yeah, it's a, not my office, it's a, a conference room. Yeah, conference room. But a conference room with Pixar nonetheless, yeah. so yeah, yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, yeah. yay. So Lisa awesome. is, is, is currently, <laughs> yeah, is currently an animator at Pixar Studios um, out, in, out in California, um, which I think for a lot of artists in the industry is, is one of the big time studios. I mean, between them and like maybe ILM um, and stuff like that is, is some of the bigger, bigger kind of more achievable uh, places that people want to work uh, in their life. Yeah. Um, but of course, you weren't always there. Um, you probably had a start in like all of us um, because originally you're not, you know, a native of, of, of California. You did come originally from Bulgaria. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Can it take us back to the start? Um, it depends how far you want to go back, but even stuff like you know, you know, when did you start drawing? Why did you get into drawing? And and kind of, at what point did you find that you wanted to do this the rest of your life? Yeah, um, yeah. So I moved to the U.S. when I was seventeen, which is thirteen years ago. Yeah. So it's been it's been a while, <laughs> and uh, I came here for college straight from Bulgaria after graduating high school. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, oh, I can hear you. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> and um, I went to. I didn't go to art school back in Bulgaria. I studied um, at the American College of Sofia, which is uh, a satellite American school. So I got a, 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 a diploma that was um, uh, legit American. <laughs> right. <cool. laughs> Meaning, like it, it counted here. Yeah, so yeah. So I could go to college and not take any community college which was such a bonus you know? yeah um but I, before that i was drawing and um i wanted to be a painter that was the initial goal uh through high school i right. went to a private uh studio where i was doing a lot of life drawing all kinds of stuff you know like models um still lives yep. you know 
everything, all that stuff. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was mm. such a great like learning experience and very strict. Yeah. So all my fundamentals art wise came from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to go to the Bulgarian Academy of Art mm-hmm. to study and get my degree, you know, as a painter. But uh, you know, I always wanted to do film and get into film. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it was kind of a, the idea was turning in my head. I was just there, yeah. not really coming out until eleventh grade when right. I was like. <gasps> I can do animation, which yeah. is both cinema. There's a lot of drawing, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the time I was thinking 2D animation, but that was, obviously there was a lot of 3D already. Yeah. So I was looking into that too. Mm-hmm. I started just researching, you know, animators that I loved and um, trying to find out where they went to school, how like they came to be where they are. Yeah. I think that's the best way, right? You're kind of, do your research and start seeing common, yeah. common stuff. One of which was going to CalArts, like a bunch of the CalArts alumni yeah. um, that I loved came, you know, graduated there, or yeah. they came, they went for like a few years. You know, they don't have yeah. to necessarily graduate, but definitely there's something about the school. You know, it, one thing, which is mm-hmm. the biggest thing, is um, it was established back in the day by Disney, Walt Disney. Yeah. So it's considered to be his school, and um, so I ended up doing uh, summer school there to try it. That was when I was 17, like before graduation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I, how I learned to prepare my portfolio. I was like, okay, so they need a lot of life drawing just to show my skills, like my fundamentals that I know how to draw a lot of gestures to show that like I kind of understand motion. Yeah fast because that's kind of that's the biggest requirement right for 2d animation going quickly yeah there's a lot of quick stuff and yeah. uh, you know silhouette you understand all that yeah. so i prepared my portfolios not just for cal arts for a bunch of schools yeah is that i'm, just, them out. I'm just wondering with the with the cal arts thing as well is that different from art center are they two different schools yes yeah, yeah. okay yeah so, so you, was, I'm not sure if Art Center has animation. Maybe they do. So, so you were more you were more trying to move towards animation than just pure yeah. drawing or painting, right? Okay, yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah, I just I was fixated like I want to be an animator. Whatever right. it is, there's something to that that I want to do. Right. Um, and it'll get me like that one foot in the door in, and you know, in the film industry. Yeah. And to be honest. I think the the decision factor definitely was a summer school because I find out that you know when you go to to a film school you learn about the the entire process of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just like animation; it's like storyboarding. I took producing classes. You know how to create a budget um, packages you can send to Mm. for grants for you know to find sponsorship mm-hmm. so you know you kind of go through everything and definitely i mean they have a film school for live action as well calard so i took a bunch of their classes just because i was just hungry to learn about all that stuff yeah and uh yeah that's how i ended up with <laughs> i made four films there mm-hmm. four short films each year there's a i mean that's kind of usually the requirement you don't have to necessarily uh finish uh i don't think there's a penalty for that but definitely I mean why not take the time and advantage yeah you know I just make films so I made four films my junior film film got pretty popular 
And uh, I think that's what attracted uh, the attention of some of the Pixar guys. Right. So when they were looking for, you know, through, they go to schools every year, look for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so they saw my films, saw my work. So I didn't put just the films, I put kind of a bunch of stuff, some of my artwork as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they set me up a little interview, kind of a preliminary yeah. <laughs> stage. So we talked and uh, they're like, you know, we understand you don't know 3D animation because I didn't. I took some 3D classes, but not extensively. You're mainly, focused, my main yeah. thing was 2D. Yeah. yeah, a lot of drawing, a lot of storyboarding too. Yeah. So they're like, well, we'll teach you the software. Like, that's that's uh, <laughs> the the part we can do for you. We can't teach you the creative part. Like you yeah. have that. Yeah. Which was such a refreshing thing yeah. to say because you know when you're in school, you're in a bubble. You don't know. You're like, maybe I should have taken more 3D. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. And actually. That is true because um, another studio, I'm not going to say the name, <laughs> they, they said, sorry, you need to know why. Like, you don't know why, yeah. we can't do anything about that. Yeah. Sorry. Which is disappointing, obviously, because um, even if it was a studio you were quite interested in, and then they say that, you're kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah, so it's, because I mean, that, yeah, that. I mean, I was, I was ready to take classes. I like, can, you know, learn it. But yeah. th- again, that would, that would take at least, what, like half a year, maybe, or a few yeah, months to really get good at it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. a fear I have just now as well, where because with my degree, uh, it's so 3D focused, but my focus is personally, I want to do 2D character work and um, mm. even environment stuff as well, but the need to learn 3D stuff is obviously taking away time from my 2D aspect and that bu- bugs me. Because I mean, I want to be able to do 3D because that is proficient in the industry just now and it's great if you know that stuff, but I want to try and at this early stage, especially try and focus on my 2D skills. Um, did you find it hard making that balance kind of between 2D and 3D? Oh, yeah, it definitely. You mean at work or before that? No, I mean, like, even at school, I would say, before you got into the industry. Yeah, it was. It was hard because, I mean, you, you creatively put in your everything in each project, right? So when you have 10 different things going on, you're just spreading yourself thin yeah. where where it's great if, if you can like kind of focus your attention here and here, sometimes though you don't have time because you have school, like especially at school. I mean, that's there's lectures, there's grades that you got to do that, the yeah. deadlines. Um, or even the, I like, wish I wish I took more three D at school. Looking yeah. back, like that was kind of um, one thing that I would probably more. tell my <laughs> yeah. my student self. Yeah. Uh, take CG. Why not? It's a tool. Like yeah. it's not. There was this weird kind of stigma about 3D animation. It's like, oh, you're going to be a sellout. Don't do it. But it's a tool. Like, are you kidding me? It's like anything else, like a pencil. Yeah. Or, I mean, I mean, the amount of content artists yeah. I know who are now using uh, 3D as their base comp um, to basically... Oh, interesting. Yeah, to, to get the lighting and perspective, like, nailed and then do the paint over. Um, like, even guys like Shadow Safari. I've heard that. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, guys that That's were... That's cool. Big, I like that. Why yeah, not? Because, I mean, um, there's, like, Shadow Safari... Um, Aton Zana, some of the guys that worked at like Naughty Dog and stuff in LA, and uh, they were basically saying, you know, a lot of people have the stigma that oh, it's not traditional art and you're cheating, and then um, the same kind of thing when people started talking about photo bashing, how using photo reference and textures and paintings, you know, you're not really an artist. Um, but they were saying, you know, whatever gets the final result usually is what people want to see. You know, your boss doesn't care how you got to the end result; he just cares, you know, of the end result. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. I, I don't see why not. 
utilize everything. Um, like I still do extensive live drawing. I always have references even when I draw because it's it's free information. Yeah. <laughs> and why not use it? I mean, yeah, I get it. It's like some people are very good at doing stuff out of their head, and I, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I admit it. So I'm like, whatever. You know, yeah. this is my my path to yeah. getting to where I am, and I'm not ashamed of it or I'm, yeah. I'm not bashing anybody else either no 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 and i think different methods it's just it's weird i think how people always talk about um like even aside from stuff like photo reference or photo bashing in 3d um people have even i've seen even people attack professional artists um on like facebook and stuff when they've used even just plain reference just a reference photo um saying that oh no you know you should That's so weird. yeah you should know that but you should know how to paint a tree off by hand or you should know how to paint a skull without looking at a photo and you're kind of like well, no. I mean, like, even with life drawn, you're sitting drawn from reference from a person, like, standing in front of you. I mean, yeah. there's no, oh, yeah, like, absolutely. yeah, I mean, like, there's so much you can obviously build a mental um, barrier up with uh, a visual library, as, as Jake Parker calls it, um, of things in your head that yeah. you roughly know how to, how to draw off by hand, but you can't draw everything from memory. It's just impossible. Yeah. So. And sometimes I feel like you're, you're not uh, creatively there. There's days I wake up and, like, I want to draw something every single thing that comes out on paper sucks yeah. and I'm like okay what is going on like, I'm just so not in my element but I need something you know you, you kind of need that yeah. gratification of like a complete drawing that you're happy with so I'm like all right let me put some references warm up do some some sketches um, I use some online websites that kind of simulate gesture drawing mm -hmm. where they'll give you uh, poses and they're timed like you could say 30 seconds so yeah, yeah. kind of do the warm-up part yeah. yeah and then either get a reference that i really like and like well, let me let me see what i can use this for kind of as a starting point yeah go from there i know i mean like you even... know what you're what you telling like the whole uh constant like oh you should do this you should do that like man i'm so past this i think just working <laughs> constantly and having you know, having a kid, it's just, you're so exhausted. Like, I have no time for just, like, rat race competition. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. I don't yeah. care at all. Like, yeah. wh whatever means, you know, Let's I need work. to use, I'll yeah. use them. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, even, because, I don't know, maybe you've noticed, I use this blending stick to blend on my drawings. Yeah. I didn't do this because I was, like, trying to be original or try to find something new. Literally, I was trying to save my hands. I have bad RSI from work. Yeah. So instead of cross hatching, I'm like, okay, let me use this kind of as a substitute for you know your fingers and yeah. yeah I'm like, oh, this is such a relief. So it's weird how you find solutions through <laughs> you know pain. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's definitely in it's, my case. It's uh, it's more prominent, I think, the higher you get up. I mean, like you're at the tip of the top, so you're at like one of the biggest studios in the world for it. And I know so many people in similar positions, like within ILM, EA, Sony, who are suffering from stuff like um, back problems, repetitive strain. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, somebody even told me that, I think it was, uh, it was actually supposed to be some of the Pixar guys that they had problems with their eyes um, because of the amount of time they'd spent on, on bright monitors and dark rooms. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you don't blink sometimes. You anime and you're so focused on getting something done, then you blink and it hurts because like, your eyes are dry. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. Yeah, I can't yeah. even I can't even sit comfortably in my chair now where I usually sit back. <laughs> but now you kind of think mm -hmm. when you're drawing, eventually you're this close to the the screen because you're trying to you're so intense you're arched over and then yeah after about an hour of that you're back your back yeah, is you killing forget me. you forget yeah that's I mean that's definitely necessary to have a balance of just life and work 
yeah. every day. Like you can't. I mean, I guess when you're in your twenties, you can you can do that. You have yeah. a luxury, but once you kind of get past your Right. Uh, you know, 25. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel old. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm, I'm, like after 25, you kind of start to be like, all right, let me slow down and kind of pace myself and really figure out what what I need to do to improve health, you know, my work environment. Um, and actually that really helps creatively because you, you get unstuck from, from your routine. Yeah. You know, when fatigue goes away, creativity swoops in right? yeah. and you, you feel refreshed and you actually enjoy mm. drawing, enjoy animating because yeah. you know, man, I hate when your job becomes kind of dreadful and then you're like, I, I know I love this, but I yeah, hate yeah. it right now. It's no, so no, I mean, it's totally, Lisa, what you are talking about is something that at the current moment is, is such a big discussion point. You know, it was only, I think it was maybe last year, I started talking to one of the biggest artists I knew in, 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 in Scotland at the time, in the UK, um, and he, you know, had worked at these amazing big studios, and he'd, he'd won all these awards and stuff, and he was well-known through the industry, and, you know, everybody in LA knew him, in California, and, and all around the world, and uh, he done a kind of big post on how, um, you know, he had been struggling with demons and, and, and mental illness, and and, uh, and it's, it's so replicated through every artist I've ever talked to, every person I've ever came across. Um, the mental anguish seems to be... Because um, I think when you're drawing for fun, when you're doing your book, when you're drawing sketches for fun, or you know, you're playing with your kids, that's that's the stuff that you enjoy. But when you then have to push that hobby into a career where you work so many hours, and then you obviously have such a strain of deadlines and, and, and you know be able to try and stay creative yeah. every single day... Um, you know, because like I mean, famously, guys like Picasso and stuff only painted maybe once every two months. Um, sure, they have a backlog of work, but that was over years and I years. Know that. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> he would. I mean, he would. I mean, he would study to an extent every day, um, but he only tried to create major pieces every couple of months. But I, I think it's just because there's such a burnout factor, and especially when you're so high up, it's easier to burn out quicker. Um, even a friend who runs a podcast with me, who who initially started it with me, he's working at a studio up in, in Canada. And he was burning super hot out of the gate from university. Got his first job straight away out of, out of graduating. Um, and after a year, um, in fact, it was our last episode when we spoke with Colin. And he talked about basically how he just burnt out and, and didn't want to draw, didn't want to be creative, didn't want to do anything else. Mm. Um, and he was Yeah, one, I mean, that's the risk. Yeah, and he was one of the biggest it. creatives I knew. And he was drawing every day and his stuff was great. And he was doing so well at the studio. And then all of a sudden he was just done with like he just he, no they hated it it was just so empty i mean like the tank was dry um and um and you know the hell we are origin story and that's <laughs> i think i think the biggest lesson that from my experience is like all that stuff you're talking about it's okay like it's yeah. it's human yeah and it's important to remember that like i i remember being on the whole like yeah i'm gonna like you know as soon as i finish college you know getting my my dream job and then murdering this, murdering that, like this kind of like crazy fast pace. Yeah. It was great. I mean, it actually, knock on wood, like it's been great with not, I mean, some ups, some definitely some uh, ups and downs in there, but for the most part, it's been a kind of a steady yeah. journey. Yeah. But at some point you're like, okay, so who am I, who am I rushing for? Like there's no, there's no end point. Like I think us as artists, we're lucky that, uh, I mean, you know, we're not dependent on kind of our bodies to, like, you don't have a window, right, of, like, yeah. 10 years where you can 
do your best. Yeah. It's really here. Like, you got to protect your, your mental health and like, yeah. kind of pace yourself because you can, I mean, potentially you can do this till, you know, to the end. Yeah. So when you think that way, there's, there's no need for a rush. And uh, it's weird how when I stopped thinking about that, mm-hmm. kind of relaxed, is when I became the most productive. Yeah. Out of the blue. I was like, because you enjoy it and you, you, anything that you do is not work. You don't consider it work. Mm-hmm. So you end up doing a lot more. Mm-hmm. And uh, this it's, it's kind of like a weird reverse where you think you're going ahead initially, but you're kind of making like tiny baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you relax, you kind of, okay, let me take my time. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few months. I don't do anything. I just kind of, you know, get myself together. And all of a sudden you start doing the leaps yeah. into your either creative development or career mm. whatever it is yeah. and i mean i think it's it's good to take time away from you know i, I just recently interned at a, a major studio in glasgow um who work with guys all over the world and you know the standard is so high but i know guys who work there you know they're eight hour days and then as soon as they go home they just switch off and they don't actually try to do anything past that because the work is so intense mm. in the studio they need time where they can okay. just switch their brain off um, you know, like it's yep. simple stuff like hang with their girlfriend or their boyfriend, um, go to the cinema. You know, take nice walks, relax. And I think it's um, yeah. it, it was it, this is going to sound um so weird to me because I do love this film, but there's a there's a film by Julie Roberts based on a book and it's called Eat, Pray, Love. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, so there's a whole section where she goes to Italy and they talk about uh, a word they have. I can't remember the Italian word, but it's basically the art of doing nothing, where um. Yeah. America, yeah, Americans have this thing where they have to be constantly switched on, and when they have a break, it's like, oh no, I deserve a break. But Italians have this thing where they just constantly are always seeking the time to do nothing, to relax, to sit and have a coffee, to watch the mm-hmm. world go by. And I think a lot of people, because the world's getting quicker and quicker, and the art industry's getting so competitive, um, people rarely switch off. And I think that's the problem. That's why mental health now is such a big issue in the industry. Do you feel the same, or? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I totally, I mean, I can relate. It's, it's weird how guilty we get to take vacations <laughs> just because like everybody else is on the constant hustle and you're like, oh, maybe I should be doing that too. But I really kind of want to just go, you know, chill on a beach for a minute. Yeah. Even not go anywhere, just kind of go here. Yeah. Um, Especially having a daughter it's, because it's obviously, tricky. yeah, you want to spend time with her as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so I mean, oh God, yeah, she's yeah. she's priority for everything at this point. Yeah. And actually, that's that's probably I just said it. It I think that was a decisive fact, factor for me. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna do this mm-hmm. where it becomes unsustainable. Yeah. Like I have to make sure that she comes first. She gets all the attention she needs. Yeah, of course. Um, and then everything else is I have to just squeeze everything else in that world. Yeah, because you don't want your job to be your whole life. I mean, it's great that you're known for your career and, and people know about your book and your work and stuff like that. But, you know, first and foremost, like you said, you want to be a good mum. You know, you want to be obviously a good wife yeah. as well and, 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 and have a family and have that part of your... And I think so much of your life is spent, especially artists now, and, and, and especially if you're working in entertainment games or movies, um, balance is such a hard thing to find because, again, the competitive yeah. nature, you always want to be learning something new. You always want to be pushing yourself because... You know, there's guys half your age coming up the back of you who can draw twice as fast and you're trying to create, you know, relevance and make sure that you're still needed. Um, but at the same time, you want to be able to chill. <laughs> and especially, and I think it's, like we were just yeah. talking talk about this earlier with America and Europe, um, you know, you guys 
don't have any paternity leave, you have to get private health care. And like where we get something like it's between seven and eight weeks paid vacation in Europe, you guys get <laughs> zero or you're entitled to zero. But some companies obviously have maybe two weeks sometimes you get. Yeah. Yeah. Maternity leave is the worst. It's, oh man, like, yeah. this needs to be figured out. Cause it's, yeah. it's embarrassing how yeah. little care and uh, recognition there is to this, you know, yeah. to, I being, mean, to being a parent, yeah. to being healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, and uh, that's the thing. I think that's the biggest kind of, um, you know, the side, what do you call it? Sorry. Um, the consequence of all this is you, you start feeling disposable, right? You start yeah. feeling like anybody can do my job. Yeah. I'm just like kind of a, a little ant in this giant nest. I'm yeah. not worthy. It, you know, it's because of the constant race. You kind of try always to be, to try, because you feel like you need to catch up. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm all about like kind of getting you know, your, your autonomy back, back yeah. especially that's why I just started pushing for you know my art stuff and the reason I stuck with pencil mm. well one reason is that I don't have the real estate in my house <laughs> to paint <laughs> and kind of be messy and have yeah. you know toxic fumes around my my kid yeah but also I don't want to be in front of a computer when I get home so I'm like anything I can do to be away so pencil turn out to be a great tool for a that and just tool, yeah. still still be kind of doing stuff that I care for a lot you know uh, still draw even though I don't draw for a living yeah and uh yeah, yeah. And five years later yeah. you know there's I mean, a book coming which is crazy yeah which is great I mean I, I think it, it it actually echoes something that I watched the other night which is Michael Moore who does a lot of the American documentaries, he just had that latest one, which is um, Where to Invade Next. And he went across Europe and looked at stuff like their healthcare, their working hours, how their employees treat their, their workers. And, you know, like, even in, like, he went to, I think it was one of the, the factories in Italy and, um, you know, and places like Slovenia and Germany where, you know, they get, like, two hours for lunch, you know, they get the paid vacation. And then he said, you know, what it is is an investment into the culture of our workers where, you know, because they get time to relax, they get good lunches, they get good pay, they get good benefits they work harder at the job and they also last longer at it, you know, because their oh, health yeah. is a priority. And um, even the paternity leave, I mean, there's only like two countries in the world that can't afford paternity leave. One of them is, I think, somewhere in Uganda. Another one is America. Um, <laughs> and whereas like across here, I think most people, I can't remember specifically in the UK, but I think it is you get six months full pay, then you get six months half pay or three months half pay and then three months with nothing but still you can take almost a year off with money that's amazing yeah to stay with your kids it's so necessary it's so necessary but then you would have had to probably had your kids and then more or less went straight back to work yeah and i'm sure you're still doing stuff around right yeah. it's kind of like you know when when there's a trust and care uh entrusted in you yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you feel the necessity to give back and yeah. perform even better. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of always the case, right? Like in any industry, you want to perform at your best. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just there's a, it's it's a weird, uh, it's a weird industry here um, between LA and San Francisco. It's it's gotten so much like faster and more competitive. I think uh, definitely more techy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I think studios, especially in America and and Europe as well, is guilty of this. Even though obviously we have kind of better working conditions, there still is a stigma where um, 
a lot of studios are spoiled for artists and there's so many people who want to do it so you know if you ever have to complain or you you know you threaten something even like a strike or you know something that you would you would complain about condition the guys would say at the studio well that's great but there's 10 people at the back of you that want your job so you know and, and i think that's why guys like ash thorpe um and mache kutiara and a lot of other guys in la are, are kind of championing this thing where they're trying to move towards thinking of stuff that unionization would be great you know having a union within artists because um, obviously there is a union that exists within movies and stuff but um you know it, it, it's less um prominent throughout the rest of the industry and mm. a lot of people don't have rights like um like equal pay um like you know time off parental conditions um health insurance it's all this kind of stuff that that lacks because artists are seen as disposable commodities um and um yeah i think it's it's interesting to hear everybody's taking it because um a lot of people think the american dream is one that's great to chase and that these massive big and i mean i mean you know not bashing your studio or any other studio in america a lot of the guys do great work and i've heard you know as many great stories as bad stories about people working there but um i think the work culture is something that everybody agrees needs to be addressed at one point if people want to keep their sanity yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> yeah it's, I think Pixar is kind of a, like a little island in a sea of <laughs> craziness. Yeah. Which is great. I, I'm lucky, but I've heard, you know, I've heard bad stories about, you know, bad bosses and crazy unfairness, uh, you know, all kinds of. Yeah. I mean, like, even um, we had a story from years ago with a guy who went for an interview, I think it was in a, a studio in, in America. I, don't, I can't remember what specific studio, but it was under EA. And they, they went for the interview, everything was fine, and, you know, they got in really well. And then the guys, I think they offered them the job there and then and said, you know, would you be fine to start? And the guy was like, yeah, that's great. And he was so excited. And um, they were walking through doing, like, a little studio tour. And he saw um, a set of sleeping bags under a couple of the guys' desks. And when he kind of broke away and talked to them and said, oh, what were you guys, like, staying over here one night for something? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's just, like, there in case we need it. Because most nights or most weekends we have to stay here extra hours and don't get paid for it so rather than go home or commute we just sleep at the studio and he was kind of like oh well <laughs> i don't want to work here anymore so it's, i'm uh, not surprised yeah I was say, this is not surprising you know i've heard i heard that before yeah <laughs> many times yeah and not necessarily having sleeping max people just crash you know yeah yeah desks or couches yeah i sleep. mean um, i mean even i mean a couple of years ago I remember watching, like, because the reason I wanted to get in the industry was watching a lot of um, behind-the-scenes documentaries, and one of the first things I learned about in game dev was crunch, or sprint, or, you know, the thing where the guys stay 10, 11 hours every day to get something finished for a deadline. Um, and it, it, you'd think even 10 years ago when I was watching those documentaries, that stuff would be gone, but it still exists till this oh, day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it exists this time, and I think we're starting to feel it, too, um, because we changed our uh, kind of a target goal from one movie every year to two, three movies every two years. All right, wow. right. So one year would be two, two movies, yeah. and man, things are speeding up. So which, you know, it's it's making crunch times longer, yeah. and uh, ugh, it's rough, you know. Yeah. You just, but again, you gotta pace yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, if this is, I mean, when you think about it, like if this is forever, like can you? literally do I mean, it yeah. it's, it's possible for you yeah. for me mm -hmm. uh, and when I think that way I'm like okay well that means I have to just plan better when I'm here mm -hmm. like I really focus on things get done yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's, it's, it's good to. A, but no, so it's like saying Sorry. that. No, it's fine. But it's good to, like you're saying, the thing with the paper, the paper and pencil. It's good to get away, and switch your brain off when you come home because. I think that's the problem where a lot of my hobbies used to be sitting in front of a computer playing games because I was a gamer back in the day um, and then focusing on a career that involves me sitting in front of a computer. So now I'm always sitting in front of a computer. So it's, it's trying to balance. So that's like, you know, recently I've lost yeah. a lot of weight because I started going out cycling, I've started rock climbing, stuff I'd never do years ago. Nice. But, but, but now because my work is so intensive on a computer and a screen, I'm trying to break away from that as much as I can. Um, even stuff like... Yeah, you need it. I think your body needs it. Like, oh, get yeah. Get away from that thing. <laughs> I know. Even just to not be sitting in a chair. But, I mean, sometimes I take yeah. my... my, oh, yeah. my Even my, take my iPad away outside and, and sketching and painting on, you know, apps and stuff um, outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking about painting outside, um, we get to talk about uh, Procreate for a couple of minutes because we are sponsored yeah. by Procreate. Um, so, if you guys don't know... Um, we're sponsored by Procreate. Um, I'm just going to take a quick moment to talk about our, our sponsor. Um, so Procreate is an Apple design award-winning digital painting and illustration solution designed exclusively for iOS. Um, Procreate allows you to create professional-grade artworks wherever you are with an advanced dual-texture brush engine, a robust layering system and groundbreaking canvas resolutions all for $5.99 and that's UK. Um, you can find Procreate through the App Store on your iPad or at procreate.art. Um, so yeah, so Lisa, you've used Procreate briefly, um, you were saying, and you were saying it was super intuitive, I think is what you were saying, were, were the words? Yeah. Yeah. I love it because, yeah, that's exactly what it is, the closest thing I've ever kind of um, encountered to to drawing. And, you know, just being outside is such a bonus. Yeah. Anything that just breaks away from, like, the whole desk, chair, mm-hmm. monitor from whatever this distance is, um, scenario is is a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think, love it. Yeah, I've tried. I, I'm kind of uh, obsessed with <laughs> watching tutorials right now. Yeah. By not tutorials, sorry. Um, what do you call it uh, streams or streams and a lot of like those speed, the speed you know, paintings. Kind of, yeah. Uh, speed painting. Yeah. Speed paintings. Yeah. By a lot of just like James Jean recently uh, released a bunch, and I'm just mm. I'm fascinated. Like the stuff that comes out is unbelievable. I'm not there yet, but yeah. I can't wait to. To start like really go. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, Procreate is is a good thing because I mean, a lot of people really have been championing, saying them that oh, it'd be great if you created a desktop app to kind of compete with with, with Photoshop and you know, well, I'm I'm assuming that's probably an idea they've had at one point. You know, I think it's great that Procreate still takes you away from the computer. So grabbing my iPad yeah. and then going and sitting under a tree and painting with a Absolutely. stylus is you know, especially with the, the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil. I mean, it's as close as you're going to get to pen and paper. Is, is a digital yeah. format as anything and then the thing that I mean I super love about Procreate I think is great when you talk about speed painting is the fact that everything you draw in Procreate is recorded so any time you can then hit a button and it plays that's back that's a great great thing yeah and it plays back and it's weird yeah. how when when you see a process it's completely kind of <laughs> it's alien like, yeah wow this is how I think because you yeah. don't think when you're drawing yeah so it's nice to um, kind of look back and even analyze like, what you're doing why yeah. not and then, I mean, even the fact that um, I was talking to you earlier about this, how you can stream directly from the app. So, you know, when you're wanting to do awesome. yeah, lessons or anything so virtually, yeah, you can just stream straight. I haven't tried it, but I'm doing it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, for the money it costs, I mean, like, obviously in comparison, a lot of other apps are, are super expensive, but a couple of bucks for that is, um, is an absolute steal. Um, and yeah, and I was saying to Elisa that um, 
if you don't know, um, you guys obviously can always win a copy on the, on the podcast. We give away a copy every month. Um, and to do that again, you just like and comment below um, and ask why you would want the copy and, and I can PM you. Um, but um, Procreate are going to be unveiling the new Procreate app at Industry Workshops in London in September um, or so the end of August. Um, and I'll be there to kind of work with them on that. Um, but Procreate 4 will be getting announced, or has been announced, and then the new app will be getting un unleashed on the public uh, industry workshop. So if you guys want to come down to industry workshops in London, um, you can check out tickets for that just now online uh, through Google. And uh, yeah, come down and give it a try. The guys, Matt and the team, will be there from Procreate um, the whole weekend, um, giving people live demos and showing them how the new app works. And Nikolai Lockerstein, if you know him, will be there um, demoing it as well. Um, if you don't know, Lisa Nikolai is a guy who basically has built his entire concept career just using an iPad and stylus. Um, mm -hmm. Never really touched Photoshop, never really touched anything computer-wise. He just paints exclusively cool. an iPad. Um, and this was before even the, the iPad Pro and the pencil. You know, He was doing mm -hmm. it way back in the day with $2 styluses and a, and a, and a, a Generation 1 iPad. So, yeah, he's been going for a while. So he'll be there demoing um, some painting techniques and, and some perspective stuff. Um, even, even crazy stuff I found out about last year that they have an inbuilt perspective tool um, that can basically make a perspective. No, it's fine. <laughs> a basic uh, perspective for you really quickly um, uh, on the on the iPad. So it's great. Yeah. So thanks again to Procreate, and uh, yeah, you'll hear more about that later down the line. Um, yeah. So, Lisa, um, we obviously talked earlier on in the interview about um, you kind of starting off at Cal Arts and your journey through there, and then a bit obviously about motivation in the industry. Um, so we want to try and talk about. Um, when you got to Pixar out of university, um, what was the mm -hmm. feeling moving from your full-time education into work, and especially from being a student to such a massive AAA studio like Pixar? Um, how was that for you? I mean, it's always hard because it's you don't know you don't know what you're really getting yourself into. Uh, you kind of have that intruder complex syndrome. Whatever it's called, <laughs> where you feel syndrome. like, yeah. You, yeah, exactly. Thing where you feel is just like, okay, some there's a fluke here. Um, I mean, it it took a while. It took a good, I want to say, six months before you, uh, before I got kind of comfortable mm -hmm. in the environment. It's, I mean, it's never easy yeah. to transition from like kind of like that bubble into the real thing. Yeah, but also it's a. Uh, I mean, you kind of have to trust uh, that they hired for a reason. Yeah. So, so I, you know, kind of have to remind myself yeah. a few times, like, okay, you know, I know I've done this before. It's a matter of just, <laughs> just on a bigger scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, obviously, um, your first intro into the company was one of their major motion pictures, which was Cars Two, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So. What primarily at that level were you working on for the movie? Was it was it any kind of main props or cars or environments or how, what were you doing at the time? Um, I so I started doing promo stuff, cool. like little clips for promo, mm -hmm. um, which is great because they're kind of like isolated shots that you do, yeah. and uh, since they're not part of the official movie, mm -hmm. you know I don't get the pressure of like finish something and then. I mean, it definitely ends up somewhere, some kind of screen. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of like a mental uh, <laughs> distance from, like, okay, I'm not really working on the movie. So they kind of, they gave me a few shots there. I did some promo stuff. And then slowly, um, 
LZEs into the actual movie where I did, uh, first I started doing some crowd stuff. I was doing fixes mm -hmm. on different shots, you know, if something either broken or unfinished mm -hmm. because the animator ran out, yeah. I would be, yeah, I would finish it mm -hmm. and um, either polish it or reanimate, whatever needs to be done. Yes. So that was kind of my, my first pass was fixing crowds. Mm -hmm. I mean, you did not... Um, kind of like support. Yeah, but you did not primarily in um, Maya or any Autodesk software or what were you guys using to animate at the time? Or what were you using? Well, they have... Pixar has uh, their own software. Oh, right. It's proprietary. Right. So you actually can't really learn it outside of ah, the right, company. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Which is... Um, yeah, it's, I think it's based on Maya, but like... You know, right. 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it completely changed. So some stuff overlap. Um, for the most part, though, there's there's a huge support team here that caters towards the animators. Like they would, um, if we need something, they would build it, which is amazing. Right. To yeah. me, it's just so freeing. So there's always new ideas, new tools coming out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's exciting to kind of <laughs> test it out, yeah. learn stuff. Especially since probably you started on Cars all those years ago, um, which I think was 2011, something like that. Um, and then obviously the stuff they're doing now, even with, um, like we all know Toy Story 4 is in the works, but um, you know, the, the technology now, because I think even if you compare it to what you guys will probably produce eventually with Toy Story 4 and what the first Toy Story looks like. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's crazy. Cause all, yeah, going back looking even at the first Toy Story the other day, because it was on terrestrial TV, um, and I just kind of had it on. and. You do look at the animations in the 3D quality and you're kind of thinking to yourself, yeah, we have gone on quite a bit, even in five years, like, a lot has changed there, so... Yeah, um, and it's weird how, you know, when, when you see the movie for the first time, you never have that impression. You're always yeah. like, oh my god, this is cutting edge. The best and then, thing. You know, five yeah. years past, you're like, eh, yeah. it's going to be so much better. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, our eyes refi are refined and we see so many movies, so mm. that's one thing I keep telling people in general, is, you know, don't underestimate the audience. I feel like, as these filmmakers, sometimes it's easy to be like, eh, you know, either this joke is going to work because, um, you know, people like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or, you know, they will notice this or that. Like, people notice, and people know when something's good. That's why it's very important to keep pushing yeah. quality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I think that's the good thing about Pixar, where... I don't think they've ever tried to treat their audience as, um, I wouldn't say dumb, but as thinking that they were lowbrow, you know, they, they wouldn't get a lot of the jokes or they wouldn't find the stuff entertaining. I think it's always been a good thing that they've treated their audience as intellectual or, or, or kind of a, a, an audience that would appreciate a lot of the, the artwork they're doing, um, especially because Pixar now puts out such high quality stuff. Um, I think they set the bar for the whole industry, especially when it comes to even 3D motion graphics and, um, and, and, and cinematography. Because um, obviously a lot of people initially, you know, the whole pitch when um, your your founder at the time, John, had actually pitched it to Disney, you know, and in other studios, he was talking about the three D technology that can make cartoons and it can make it more in involving. And people always like, yeah, I don't think kids would be into that. I don't think it's going to be um, bankable. And then, yeah, just um, a mere seventeen that's, years that's, later. Yeah. Isn't that always backfire? Yeah. Isn't yeah. As soon as you say that, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know exactly the opposite is going to happen. Yeah. Pretty much. I, yeah. I have no idea how like people always assume like, eh, it's not going to work. Like, try it. Mm -hmm. Why not? 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it with like big budget stuff. It's hard to take risks, but yeah. um, sometimes you know you kind of have to trust the audience and yeah. and trust your product. Yeah. You really, kind of even if it's something weird, if you, you kind of have like, the gut feeling that it's going to work, yeah, uh, that's usually a good sign to me yeah. at least. Definitely. And then, would you say, like, between, obviously, like, you know, say your first project, I mean, you've worked in your student films, that's one thing, and used your programmes at the time, then you worked in Cars, which was the big motion picture at the time, um, and then, you know, what what was the, the latest one that was published, that was released, that you worked on? Um, wasn't it Brave, was it, was it something after that? Uh, the latest one is The Good Dinosaur. Right, yeah. That's so, the last one. So, I skipped uh, both Cars 3 and Dory. Right. I didn't work on them. Right. Oh, but you—I think you did some work on Inside Out as well, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. So, I mean, what would you find, or you would you say, it's a comparison between, like, your first project at Pixar, and your latest one? I mean, probably not even just the technology, but even the culture and the studio. Have you found it's changed with the industry? I mean, is it affected? Like, like you said, it's in its own bubble in the Bay Area. But do you find that? the games and movies industry still has an influence on it or do you guys kind of stick to like your own mentality within the campus? Yeah, um, well, when you think about it, like each movie, it takes about five years to be made, right? Yeah. So actually, you know, by the time Inside Out comes out, that was, the, the idea was conceived like five years ago. Behind you. So in a way, um, it feels like, oh, you come out with a movie and it feels fresh to you but to, to us, like we've been working like crazy yeah, so long a long time. Um, so I, I can see, I mean, definitely the software has improved. Like things, it's funny, like we always get more um, like space on the servers, on the farms, mm-hmm. and, you know, to render our movies faster. But it's it's never fast enough. <laughs> I think because our, our own movies get more complex. You know, lighting gets more complex, yeah. rendering same everything uh effects of course mm. and uh for i mean from from animation standpoint mm. uh, it's just it's it depends on the director to be honest mm. if the director uh the director usually kind of dictates the um the environment of the film and how the synergy goes between everybody yeah. um i was lucky to be on both like the good dino and inside out were like amazing directors. They're, just, they're both at you know, they've worked in animation, they've been animators before. So kinda of they have that animator mentality and yeah. you get great notes. Um, you're very much trusted, like you would they would be like, Okay, oh, cool, just go, just try ideas, try this, try that which is very empowering, you know. And that that's the big good thing difference between the last project I worked on in the beginning. The beginning you're kind of you know, you have to do what the you know, your leads tell you because you don't really know much and you haven't developed like an eye for the like the final refined work. Mm-hmm. Where in the end you know, it's a lot more responsibility on my end, but that's the fun part because then I get to try stuff and really kind of, um, like, I feel like I'm appreciated and uh, oh, it's great. Work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, it's a lot more work. It's yeah, just, but you're getting to lead the charge more than you did when you were yeah. coming off as a student. So, I mean, would you find that as well that, again, within the studio since you started seven years ago, um, has the culture shifted work-wise? I mean, do you guys find that, 
um, I don't, I'm trying to think of the specifics of how to answer this question, but even stuff like, um, you know, do you get good feedback? Are you motivated to keep learning? Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. You know what? What one thing is, we don't really have much time just because of the schedules and stuff. Mm-hmm. As I told you, we're doing instead of one movie mm-hmm. per year, three movies every two years, yeah. which means like our schedules have gotten tighter. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, we don't have much room for like just experimentation anymore. It used to be more before. Sometimes we do. It really depends on kind of, uh, again, the movie, you know, how far we are, yeah. the story, mm-hmm. how much is locked. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, now we have to do things a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just adjusting to that new pace. Yeah. It's so, kind of, it is what it is. It's not really a big problem. Just yeah. kind of the so new nature. So there's more kind of, would you say there's more pressure on you now than when you started? Even, you know, taking aside the fact that you're probably more senior, but just in general as an artist, there's more expected of you? Just speed-wise, yes. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, you know, because it, it's weird, because we've set our, our own bar so high yeah. <laughs> that we can't be like, hey, okay, well, for, for faster time, mm-hmm. we can kind of compromise quality. Like, no, we want to still do the best Good. quality yeah. possible, which... That's like our own pressure to just do the same quality of work yep. in a short amount of time. Yeah. And then when you're working kind of day to day, what is your kind of nine to five, even, I mean, not talking specifically at the moment because you might be working under stuff that's under NDA, but mostly, and maybe even the last year, what has been your daily routine or your weekly routine? Are you um, kind of coming to nine to five animating most of the day? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm giving shots. And usually those are briefed um, like a week in advance. Mm-hmm. Well, so they're briefed and then I have a week or two. It depends on how long the shots are to, um, you know, kind of uh, block and do some IP stuff, get notes. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, a few more weeks to like finish the shots and polish them so they're the best quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like you, you come in, mm-hmm. you get your coffee sit down that's kind of uh the routine i try to i try to do stuff uh, at lunchtime like either go to the gym or go to gesture drawing yeah. that usually just you know kind of when you break from routine mm-hmm. it's such a refreshing feeling yeah yeah oh that's awesome i mean and then so you do like zone out and kind of yeah and the, the so you're, you're primarily just doing animation so you're not are you working on anything um uv texture wise any kind of final output or is it just purely animation yeah, it's just purely animation. Cool. There's, so, I mean, there's amazing people that do the other stuff. I can't even. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to try. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just, I just finished my third year project uh, back in July, uh, May, and I made a, a small corridor in 3D um, in Maya, and I textured it using Substance um, and UV'd it and stuff. And I mean, the, the end result was really good. I'll have to send it to you. Um, but um, yeah, it was the whole going through the whole shebang, like you know, building everything and, and then UV and, and then texture and lighting. Oh my god, it was it was a lot. So, um, and so, what's your typical work week hours like? Because I mean, well, say in Europe, we tend to work between thirty-five and forty hours a week. Um, mm-hmm. Is that standard for you guys? Yeah, that's the standard usually. Uh, it depends. Like once we kind of hit crunch time, you know, we do overtime and uh, weekends some and weekends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you can get you know, to 50 hours sometimes, but it, that's always expected. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, Even when, when, we, when we know 
we're doing a good good job and pace ourselves like you always end up doing all the time yeah because yeah, yeah. you want the studio to do well as well because you want to be proud of your work it's, it's just yeah, a nice absolutely. thing yeah definitely and yeah kind of you know we internally like become a little bit competitive like oh so and so did this shot it's so good now you know like, let's try this mouth shape let's try this expression on this character yeah. um so even within the movie our aesthetic kind of evolves as we go Definitely. And then, I mean, that's probably why, um, I mean, like, you're obviously working on the, the projects you're working on is great because, you know, well, hey, it's Pixar, it's this big massive company, it's got this big legion behind it. Um, but then you talked about, obviously, um, just before the, the ad read that you were obviously taken away from that at home. You were trying to do something that wasn't computer related. You were trying to draw more with pen and pencil um, and yeah. build a, a kind of collection. So... This is where um, raw material comes in because, you know, you have a book, you're kickstarting it. Well, the Kickstarter was just launched, which, you know, you're funded, which is great. You know, it's, I mean, for any artist, that's the amazing step. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, so of course, happy. even at recording just now um, on the on the Thursday, we, we're at 28,920 of your 5,000 goal. So that's like, it must be something like three 400% back. It's bananas. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I'm super happy because now the book has become... Uh, you know the possibilities now are endless. We can do so much, and like quality will be, will be better. Just because now we can print more books for right. yeah. less money, yeah. um, so we can afford you know fancy stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's exactly as you said. Like you just that was my escape from from the computer. Yeah. And just being home, kind of doodle. Mm -hmm. You know, it started as doodles, but I mean, it's it's like I'm so passionate about drawing that. Is 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 I can tell that like every time I get a commission, that's mm. all I want to do. I'm like I just, just want to jump it, do it. Mm. Same with illustrations, with tutorials, and uh, mm. you know, all of a sudden, like five years pass, and I have pretty massive collection of art. I'm like, I think we should probably start scanning this. Yeah, put it, it took it took about six months to scan and kind of clean up all the artwork yep. and um, start putting it together. And as soon as I was feeling kind of confident, like there's something to about this where I connected with some people to try to help me out with the publishing part. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and I, think, I didn't, I didn't really plan to do a Kickstarter um, yeah. because I was like, well, I have some money saved for this. Like I'll just do it anyway. Right. But definitely, I, now I see that crowdfunding is really uh, beneficial when you're trying to improve what you're trying to do. Yeah, because yeah. then obviously then, if you get the extra money, you can push the quality of the actual final product. Absolutely, and I you know our, our pages make the book bigger, mm -hmm. um, so it's super fun. So, I mean, <laughs> for, for, for people who don't know what raw material is, because obviously we're talking about it back and forth, and we've kind of discussed it, and I know, because being an artist, you know, people have linked it to me, I've seen it before I met you, before we started talking, but... For people out there who are listening in the audience who, you know, this is their first introduction to you, this is the first introduction to your Kickstarter, what is raw material, what are you aiming to do with it, and where can they help find or fund it um, on the mm -hmm. internet? Uh, well, I, I call it raw material because I, I, don't, I don't erase anymore. I just kind of want to explore the whole idea. Like, let me just keep drawing, just layer stuff on top of drawings. Yeah. Uh, because there's something to that that I, I'm missing when I do digital work. Some people are great. I can't do it yet. But you know, um, you know, maybe uh, Procreate will help me get yeah. it. 
it's uh, so it's, you know there's this weird magic about pencil and graphite and the, the texture that you get. Uh, so I just started doing that and more, you know, get more messy stuff and just keep it raw. That's yeah. what raw material. Like just no editing, barely any erasing, any any whatever you see on the paper. That's what's going to end up on the book. Uh, which is I, which is a technique from one of the biggest artists out there, Scott Robertson. He's an advocate of never erasing. So yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's for some reason that's the way I think and um, kind of find logic in this like chaos of yeah. lines. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, a lot of times personality comes out from that, from imperfections. Mm -hmm. And it's weird how this mentality now I'm trying to apply to animation as well. Mm -hmm. I'm trying not to make every single arc perfect. You know, yeah. sometimes human behavior is is glitchy, it's twitchy, it, there's like the subtleties that um, we can add and all of a sudden you, you can feel it, like you don't really see or realize what you're seeing. So it's it's like a back and forth process between my drawing and my animation. But yeah, definitely, so that's kind of what the book is. It's a collection of sketches from a bunch of sketchbooks, some loose leaf um, stuff I've done for, for galleries or for companies. Yeah. Pretty big. It's like 160 pages. It actually might get well. The deluxe version we're doing it's 180 something. Right. My feeling is gonna get bigger. Probably yeah. 200. <laughs> it's kind of grown arms and legs at this point. It's just mm -hmm. kind of reaching yep. out. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's where people can help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, so that's just on Kickstarter, and then it's just I think it with the. I'll, I'll post the URL, URL sorry, below for anybody who wants to back the project. I would advise you do because it's going to be, I think, it'll probably be quite a limited run. I'd imagine once you took the initial backers and printed and shipped out, you won't be, I would imagine you'd be planning to do too many more prints or runs of it. Would it just be kind of limited to the, the people who back the Kickstarter? Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how we can do it. But there's, there's several different types of book that we're doing. There's, the, you know, soft cover, hard cover, the, the deluxe one. So I know once we kind of start doing the different versions, that's where, you know, all the, the funds will go. Yeah, yeah, towards the, the stretch goals, yeah. Um, great. So, I mean, yeah, check out the Kickstarter below. I'll leave the link um, and any, any other information that Lisa gives me about backing the project. <laughs> um, and, and then that, that should be it, really. Um, the best of luck to the Kickstarter, and I hope it, I hope it does well. I mean, it's, always, it's already backed, but, again, it's, it's great to see it just continuing to grow, because I think even since yesterday, I think it's something like another 20 backers have came on even in one day. So it's it's maddening. I know. appreciate it. I mean, to be honest, like everybody reposting has, it's usually when things start to, to grow uh, yeah. just because everybody has their own audience. And uh, I just appreciate that, like, you know, just ex exposing this product to more people who might mm -hmm. be interested in it is super helpful. That's why I thank you as well for showing interest in talking about the book. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's always great to get a creator on, um, especially someone who's, you know, at the top of your game, especially working for Pixar, you know, and the, the, the history you've had. And then um, I know the, the, the book at the time was shared to me through uh, a common friend, I think it's uh, Spiridon, who'd, uh, mm -hmm. who'd, who'd shared it. And, um, you know, well, he's obviously, he's working on his own version of the book just now for, for events. But, um, yeah, so it, it was great to, to just see the project. And I didn't know who you were at the time, but watching the Kickstarter video was like, oh, this seems really, because I'm a huge advocate, um, you can't really see it just now, but my bookcase to the left of me, um, I'm a huge advocate of um, 
art books. Um, that's basically how I got into the industry. I used to collect video games back <laughs> in the day. Awesome. Yeah, so I used to uh, collect the art books that came with them. Because art book, the art book thing was, it only started about five or six years ago when the industry really started to make concept artists because concept artists have never really existed for a long time. Um, and I think one of yeah, the... Yeah, right. It's like a boom now. It's just amazing. I, I, I'll encourage everybody who's, you know, who's got a bunch of sketches uh, laying around just make a book. Yeah, definitely. Because I think I was saying that... Amazing. I think one of the first ones I ever got um, personally was um, the Art of Skyrim book from the guys at Bethesda. Um, mm. And wow, yeah. Flicking through that, it definitely opened my eyes to... Um, you know, I was like, oh shit, you can paint... Uh, dragons and mountains and stuff and get paid to do it like I never knew this job existed and um, which is I think a similar story for a lot of people yeah um, but yeah so I mean it, it's, 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 it's an expanding collection but yeah I'm always um, although one thing I want to talk to you about uh, really quickly before we finish is um, you were recently at San Diego Comic Con um, mm -hmm. which would have been super amazing um, it's my dream to be there one year um, doing sketches and stuff you should fine yeah. Um, how did you find it? Oh man, it was so fun. It was very overwhelming. But I'm, I'm doing this from now on forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Initially, I was, you know, I went there with like no preconceived notion. I've been there once, you know, like seven years ago, which it's grown so much since then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've never been as a, you know, as a vendor. It's mm. my first time having a, a table there. Right. And, you know, I'm like, well, nobody knows me, you know, some people who do know me maybe will stop by, but for the most part, like, I'm not part of that regular crowd. Yeah. Um, and to my surprise, like, it was really interesting how many people would stop just based on, you know, my artwork in the back. Um, I didn't put, you know, my job mm. anywhere on purpose, just because yeah. it was a nice experiment to see if people would just stop because of the artwork. It was awesome. It was so fun to to see and like, meet people based on that. And yeah. a lot of times they were like, so do you have a day job? Like, <laughs> what do you do? I'm like, yeah, I kind of have a day job. <laughs> yeah, I work at Pixar and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I can imagine you left the Pixar out of it because you would have got so many fanboys probably being like, oh, yeah, I didn't like this movie and I like this movie. And you're like, oh, God. Geez. I don't mind. I still, I still got a ton of people in our, because I would mention it, of course, and people would be like, oh, man, what did you work on? Mm. Um, but I think part of it is I don't want to deceive people, yeah. <laughs> especially, you know, my artwork is definitely, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's, uh, you know, gruesome stuff, there's nudity, yeah. <laughs> like nothing really family-friendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they would think, oh, you must have said, like, the whole art direction for the film, and you're like, no, 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 it's like... <laughs> yeah, and then they would, like, flip through my books, and be like, there's this ghost, and kill yeah. me, what's happening? <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you sure you work at Pixar? Yeah, because um, yeah, it's weird because um, one of my friends, Matt Gazer, who lives in the Bay Area, I'll need to connect you guys, but um, he's at DreamWorks and ILM, and uh, he, when he launched his, his book recently, uh, I can remember, oh God, that's terrible, I should know the name of Matt's book, but anyway, Matt just launched his own book, and it's amazing, it's Fantastical, Fantastical by Matt Gazer, and uh, he oh. actually started going around cons to promote it, and since he started doing that, he's been like, constantly at every convention in the Bay Area because he's like, I love it. I just love meeting people. I love getting to do commissions yeah. and speaking to people one-on-one. -on -one. That's the fun. best part is like that human connection. Oh, yeah. online is so hard. It's, it's really quiet. I mean, Instagram to me is great for that because it's the most social one that I've encountered, both yeah. Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, but even that is not enough. Like, yeah, you definitely I mean, want to talk yeah. to people. Because it's weird as well because um, so many people I've talked to in this industry who are now concept artists or, or going towards that direction of, of the industry, nearly everyone I've interviewed has always talked about how they wanted to start in comic books which is yeah. like universal because even when I started and I left my job five years ago it wasn't as much concept I did additionally have a spell where I was like I want to go draw for Marvel or DC and do like Batman Spider-Man um, yeah. and that's how I got into figure drawing and drawing superheroes and stuff so and I've done cons for the last couple of years as well and I've always found it rewarding um, doing sketches and stuff so um, so yeah um, and final question before we wrap up um, you yeah. met someone at San Diego Comic Con who is like one of my personal heroes um, Kim <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was nuts. Yeah. So for people <laughs> that don't was know, so crazy. I was shaking. I was like this the yeah. entire time. People don't know. Uh, Lisa met up with Kim Jong Ji, um, who is the South Korean artist who we all know is ridiculous. Like the guy draws three D perspective from his brain. He's a genius. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But then you actually look at his history, and he, and he talks about how he has like cupboards full of sketchbooks, where he basically has sat for the last like underground has sat for the last five years and sketch every day for six hours like maybe even more every day and people always say awesome. yeah okay. how do i get in the industry how do i get my stuff noted that exactly that you have to work your ass off to the point yes. like yeah i mean one of my drum teachers years ago this was gone way back always said something to me which was um stick until you stick out and there's nothing more true um about this industry so yeah it was so how was it Amy? was it incredible or oh man it was it was surreal yes and uh you know his booth was kind of around the corner, so oh, I would always go there. There's always people you know, watching him <laughs> yeah, yeah. go. But no, we were so preoccupied with drawing, so I was yeah. just kind of um, being a, a quiet fangirl yeah. in the back. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. no, that's awesome. No, it's, but I know, at some point I introduced myself, and you know, that's when uh, he, he, he told his translator something, and they're like, oh, he really likes your drawings. Like, what? Yeah, oh my god, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he knows my stuff. He's it was really cool. Senpai notes very, me. Very cool. Yeah, so no, exactly. I awesome. had my uh, kind of moment of um, freak out. Yeah, freak okay. out exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. Okay, Lisa. Well, you need to go back to work. Um, but um, just again to say thank you for taking the time thank to speak to us. Yeah. yeah, it's been an absolute honor. Um, and we'll need to try and get you back on at one point. Um, later down the line. Let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, for anybody who's want to connect with you, um, how can they find your stuff? Where's the best place to get a hold of you? I think Instagram is the easiest way and Facebook. Right. Feel free to, to post links. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I'll put all the links down below in the description. Um awesome. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um and yeah that that's pretty much it guys. Um thanks again to Elisa and uh, then we will also be giving away our appropriate codes in the the monthly giveaway. So if you guys comment below, um give us a like and even a share if you want to help and yeah in the comments just ask uh, and or tell us why deserve a procreate code and we'll pick a winner in the next week or two once the the podcast goes live um yeah and that's it guys stay tuned for the next interview coming up we will have a couple of extra ones leading up towards industry workshops in london um again check the guys out on the website and uh, we'll speak to you all soon okay bye guys bye